Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works, Star Trek, Vulcan Heart. Spock is betrothed to Savik by T'Pau on the planet Vulcan, reciting the words, part from me and never parted, and never and always touching. Reunification. Ambassador Spock's son of Sarek Revisit my request of 2342 that a research team be assembled with the long-term goal of evaluating the potential benefits and philosophical challenges of reunification with the Sunder. I wise to observe that the study of the Romulan linguistics does indeed point to a closer link between Sunder and those of the Vulcan than the Department of Exolinguistics initially believed. The response of the Vulcan Space Academy was request denied, and this course is illogical in the extreme. Savik would remind Spock that the Romulans have never withdrawn from the capital charges of treason against him. Since Kittimer, Spock had maintained communications with Pardek, but Pardek had faded from the power and Pardek's populist views were too blatant. In 2096, Runek of Obsidian had proved for Spock a honorable Romulan connection. Chavavik, commander of the Romulan uh, Empire, had fallen in love with Spock, and Spock, under orders from Jim, had betrayed her, saving the Enterprise. Charvek, Charvanek, kept the honor blade at her side. Spock's betrayal did not destroy Charvanek's career, nor did the honor blade, which saved Charvik with her kin line, the emperor's bloodline. Charvanek no longer hated Spock. He had done only what he must in all honor for his sworn allies. Runenek reveals to Spock an encoded message describing something dangerous and underhanded is definitely being planned by the leader. Praetor Daralath. Praetor Daralath had built and designed a giant bird of prey three times the regular size. The weapon design was for the offense to create a war and was a danger to the Federation. The Romulan underground cooperated with Spock to save guard both empires from destruction. Darleth had become increasingly unpopular with the people. Darleth rules that the military and so he rules the empire. Once to be ruler was to serve the people. Once to be Romulan was a pr- matter of pride. Of knowing that the one's word was good, no ways were pure. One's heart and soul were sharp and clean as the edge of the blade. On Key Baratin, Spock was identified as Samakohos, first academic of Bardat. Spock found Karanath Neck pleased to see him, and she realized she had barely touched by the years. The past is just the past. Spock combated Romulan emotions, which overpowered Vulcan control if caught up caught off guard. Captain Uhura contacts Savik and tells her about Spock's defection. Savik replies, I assume that you wish me to 
extricate him, find Spock, and bring him home. Yohara tells Savik that Praetor Darlath has a condition known as Tishavek's syndrome, which involves green blood cell deterioration, which is increasingly debilitating and painful. Savik will offer a new medical research that suggests using RNA splicing and ribosome transfusion to force the syndrome into submission. This will be the ticket in and her betrothal with Spock, the ticket out. Jean-Luc Picard, captain of Stargazer, takes Sarvik into Romulan space using a small ship, a fast runner. Savik presents her information to Darleth. Darleth invites Savik to his quarters. Spock comes under the influence of Ponfar, and he can provide no aid for Sarvik and must meditate to control the intense, passionate outbursts. Fingers steepled, Spock turns his mind and will inward, seeking the center, seeking control, down with the levels of flame, down to the center, cool logic at the center. Savick gets Darlath to reveal a surprise attack on the Klingon colony of Nardura. Three, then to be followed by attack on the Federation, Midville Colony. Darles plans to use seven of the new war birds of prey. The new war birds of prey can fire under cloak. Savix nerve pinches Darleth and Spock and her reprogram his mind with mind control. Charvanek says there are always no warriors in the output. Nothing but women, children, helpless elders, which Darleth cannot possibly be unaware of. Even for him, such an attack would be obscene. Darleth plans on war, even at the cost of dishonor. Sarvik escapes back to Vulcan and warns the Federation of the attack. The warning will not stop the massacre as the Romulans overpower resistance and kill innocent women, men, women, and children. Captain Garleth listens to Saravik's report of the attack, intercepts the Romulan invasion, engages in a brief fight. By defeat, transportation of the Enterprise prior to self-destruction and becomes a Romulan prisoner. One of the Federation prisoners is Tasha Yar. Savik does not live with Spock. Spock must escape with Runic and reunite with Savik in marriage before she or he dies from the pressures of Ponfar. Spock meets Naravat. Naravat will rise to power and become the new praetor after Darla's demise. After the massacre, Naravat speaks to the people, revealing Darla's treachery, charging him with the destruction of the four words of war birds of prey and their crew. Narvet's proof of the treachery is the testimony of Commander Charvenek. The people revolt against Darleth and put Narvek into death. The underground warriors attack Darleth and his guards capture him and Narvet takes possession of Darleth. Narvet 
promises justice. I shall not stain my administration with murder. That is Darleth's way. There shall be honorable trial of criminal Darleth in accordance with our sacred customs. Darleth manages to escape by transport code sequence, giving verbal commands by himself. The Klingon outpost Narin Three is attacked without warning. Narrenda Three is destroyed. Chavanek attempts a fight with the Romulan aid of the Federation, but is defeated in the space battle and taken prisoner back to Romulus. In war, all men were women's enemies. Tasha must consent to the Romulans to save her crew. Volk Scar tells Tasha about Charvenex defeating her, telling her, this time the old emperor won't be able to protect her, and you should watch her punishment with me, and know I have risen in importance. Spock returns to Vulcan. Sarek mind melts with Runek and pronounces him clean and a non-Romulan weapon. Spock and Savik are married. In short, I used to think that the Federation was like the United Nations, an international group. But the more I think about it, I think the United the Federation acts more like um, the military arm or diplomatic, well, more like the military arm of the United States. The What we saw in this storyline is that Spock uh, leaves the Federation. He's acting in his cowboy diplomacy. He has to uh, follow a path independent of the foreign policies of the Federation. And so he's taken an unprecedented approach towards bringing together a world government, or in this case, a universe government, um, probably under the view of Vulcan premise uh, theology and also uh, ideology. He still calls himself a ambassador, but he doesn't necessarily represent the Vul- uh, Vulcans per se because uh, they he's denied somewhat recognition by the Vulcan Space Academy, having never graduated from the Vulcan Space Academy. And he also is not recognized in his efforts with Romulus because it's outside of the Federation's desire to to weaken their military position with Romulus. So, his whole efforts is a solo effort for reunification based on his insight to the linguistics of the Romulans. And so he begins to communicate with Pardak, who is fading with power. Now, Pardak um, is believed to be the most powerful man in Romulan. However, we see the emergence of Tasha's um, Tasha Yar, as she becomes the new power replacement, and she's going to be far more ruthless than Pardak, and she is not going to be sympathetic to uh, reunification. So, again, Spock will be 
behind enemy lines trying to rally the people to want to revolt against the empire, the Romulan Empire, and uh, gain independence from tyranny. Uh, and so he believes his cause is just. Um, the commander of the Roman Star Empire falls in love with Spock, but he betrays her under orders from Jim, saving the Enterprise. Runic uh, reveals to Spock an encoded message describing a danger, dangerous and underlying plan by Prater Darlath. Now, I think it's interesting that Spock reprograms Darla's mind. Again, the, this is the same thing that was terrible about Spock. He breaches a lot of the moral codes. He basically raped um, one of the Vulcans with his mind, forcing the plot to assassinate the Federation president by the Klingons. And he wasn't able to see the Vulcan logic for um, the Klingons not joining the Federation and peace between the Federation and the Klingons. The Klingons probably being a superpower like we have today with Japan and America. And if there were something catastrophic that would happen there, and they were seeking aid from America that that um, there might be groups that would not want to entangle in that. And so Spock would be, in this case, would be similar to that. He, he would not uh, be willing to listen to any of these plots and he would consider them all traitors. And then his higher morality would dictate that his means justified the ends. Um... Savik escapes back to Vulcan and Darleth is destroyed and a new power. So he'd be like uh, Yeltsin. So Yeltsin would be like Darleth in a sense, not the sense of ruthlessness, but he would be in the sense of temporary power. And then he would fall from power. And as a result, that would give rise to Tasha Yar, who would then gain power in Romulan, Romulus. Savik escapes back to Vulcan and warns the Federation of attack. The warning does not stop the massacre and Romulans overpower resistance and kill innocent men, women, and children. So again, uh, the Romulans are ruthless. They don't have a sense of morality in, the, in what is right and wrong. Uh, they only follow power and the most powerful praetor will will become the new dictator. And so Tasha Yar becomes the new dictator and overthrows, leads to Darla's demise. Now, how is the United Federation of Planets in Star Trek's universe similar to the United States military? Number one, they have a centralized command structure. Both the Federation and the U.S. military have centralized command structure, a hierarchy of ranks and positions, and various aspects of uh, the organization. Number two, they emphasize diplomacy and peacekeeping. 
Both the Federation and the U.S. military prioritize democracy and peacekeeping missions. The Federation Starfleet often engages in diplomatic missions to maintain peace and stability in the galaxy, while the U.S. military participates in numerous peacekeeping and humanitarian missions around the world. Technological Superiority Both the Federation and the U.S. military invest heavily in research and development to maintain technological superiority over potential adversaries. This includes advanced weaponry, communication systems, and transportation technologies. Joint uh, Operation with Allies The Federation often collaborates with its member planets and other allies to address common threats and challenges. Similarly, the U.S. military frequently engages in joint operations with its allies, such as NATO members, to address global security concerns. Training and education. Both the Federation and the U.S. military place a strong emphasis on training and education for their personnel. Starfleet Academy, for example, is an institution that trains future Starfleet officers, while the U.S. military has various academies training programs for its personnel. Now, Romulus. What can we say about Romulus and Romulans? The Romulans have a desire for power and control. Romulus, as the part of the Romulan Star Empire, often seeks to expand its influence and control over other plants and civilizations. This can be seen as analogous to the New World Order's concept of the global elite seeking to control world affairs. Now, one thing that's interesting between the Federation and the Romulan Empire is that there is a neutral zone that exists. So it would be similar to the communists and the, of North Korea and the de- democracy of South Korea, that what lies in between them is a, um, a zone filled with landmines, very dangerous to cross uh, between North and South Korea, and a control, a wall, and a gate that prevents migration from the north to the south or from the south to the north. And so as a result, North Korea is one of the, is the, probably the poorest country in the world per capita. Romulan engages in secretive and manipulative tactics. Romulans are known for their secretive tactics and they um, are very deceptive. They have many behind-the-scenes machinations that are very uh, devious, and they align to power combinations within their organizations. And it is not uncommon for a, a aspiring commander to assassinate a. Uh, ruling commander, if they can get the support of their constituents. Military approach. Romulus has a strong military presence and often uses force to achieve its objectives. Uh, Romulus does have a Senate, and they often debate with each other on principles of power and the military is always at the center of the elite group 
which rules over the military. And they are always using military force to maintain control and influence over global affairs. Political allegations. Romulus engages in various political alliances and rivalries with other powers in the Star Trek universe, such as the Federation and the Klingon Empire. The Romulans do not like the Klingons. They consider the Klingons dogs. So they're they're very race they're very race oriented discriminative towards the Klingons. This can be analogous to the complex web of political relations and power struggles that are common in our world. <laughs>